Welcome to the Gatecast. And to kick off this episode, I personally want to wish a speedy recovery to Alan's father, who was admitted into hospital a couple of days ago. Trying times for Alan, his father and the rest of the family. But at least his dad is now under care, something which has proven to be an obstacle over the last few weeks. Best wishes from the Gatecast and myself. Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 139. And we have a guest. Hello. Hi. Care to tell us a little about yourself, or if you have a podcast that you want to pimp? This is my first time actually participating in one, otherwise I just listen to them. World of Warcraft, movie stuff, this one, and I just finished The History of Rome. Ooh. I wonder if you're one of the A100 for season 3, episode 16, was it, Mike? Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Gatecast. Big hello to Jeff, who's joining us via Skype. Took a bit of doing to get the time sorted out, but uh, we made it. Yes, and we blathered for nearly an hour. Yes, we did. <laughs> I happened to be looking through the feed numbers, and for some reason, Season 3, Episode 16, now has about 1,100 downloads. Wow. Which is our most, well, our second most popular episode. I just can't figure out why. <laughs> what episode was that? Pretense. Maybe maybe it's a lie. Go down here to dream with us. <laughs> the whole thing is, in fact, a pretense. <laughs> yep. Okay, that was a stretch. I'll admit that was a stretch. True. He said playing with it. The Captain America figurine I can play with without making noise because it's slightly rubber and bendy. Don't. <laughs> Nobody went there. But since you said don't, I have. And it's disturbing. <laughs> right, let me set my line up. Well, also remember earlier he talked about the hole in Captain America, so get all sorts of odd things going through your head. I had to fit the shield into it. <laughs> yes. So, how has your dining experience been lately? That's what I ordered! I changed my order to the soup! Good move. Oh no. Not again. If it's been like that poor fella, then we'd like to suggest the Sci-Fi Diner podcast for great, tasty, and spicy cuisine. Weekly, we offer up top news, interviews, and have great conversations on what's going on in the world of sci-fi. Make your reservation today at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.com. Check, please. Well, I really wish that poster that Mike posted about the, the different ships in the Stargate universe had a much higher resolution to it because I wanted to zoom in to actually read the names of everything. Yeah. I couldn't do that. I don't think he actually created it, so he probably got it from another site. Yeah. I can just barely make out Wraith Hive ship for at the top of the words of the, the ship at the top of the page. Yeah. That's it. There was one a few years back which was generic spaceships. I imagine this is where they got the inspiration from. Way back at Gen Con, uh, back in the 90s when I was there, they had someone had a set up that they had put together models or bought the models and had them sit next to each other in scale starting from the 
the Snow Speeder and the the old Colonial Viper and the X-wing fighter, all the way on up to the Enterprise and the original Battlestar Galactica and the Star Destroyer. It was a really cool display. I'm seeing all the Three models. Three seconds on Google got me that. La di da. Oh, but that's line drawing in gray. It's not in color. But it does say ships of the Tauri, which is kind of nice. Fine. Here's a 3107 <laughs> by 2208 version of the image you wanted. Just get the title so I can give you a direct link since you can't be arsed looking up. I teach children how to do research. I don't do research myself. Stargate ships B.jpg. <laughs> okay. This should give you reasonable size. God, look at the scout ship. Well, I like just how small the Daedalus class is and the Prometheus class are next to the Wraith Hive ship. It actually it- gives you a scale. <laughs> It just shows how good the Asgard weaponry is. Yeah. I mean, Destiny from Universe isn't even a quarter the size of the Wraith Hive ship. Look at the O'Neill. That is an incredible looking ship. Wait a minute, where's the O'Neill? Top left, in the Asgard section. Oh, yeah. Looks almost like an Eldar. Anubis mothership. Big, pretty pictures of starships are always fun. So, you see, you ask and you shall receive. I found you a nice big version of that image. Excellent. There's a science fiction space race one. Which would win? I saw that one, yes. The TARDIS wins because it's instant travel. <laughs> Speed in infinity. Sorry, Mike, are we keeping you here? <laughs> I've got the football on. Who's winning? Oh, the venue's kicked off. Russia, Poland. Oh, who won the Greece match? Not Greece. That's not really a fair answer for me, given my complete lack of knowledge on soccer. I've no idea who the hell they were playing. No, they're playing the Czech Republic. Right, line is duly cocked. Are we ready? Yep. Yep, I'm set to go. Ever three, ever do, ever hain. Clicky. Fade out, fade in on 28. Yes. And Carter with not bad hair compared to some of the episodes we've seen. Could be a little tighter. That wasn't the director by any chance, was it? No. It could stand to be a tighter outfit on the whole, yeah. And she didn't really need to take the helmet down to level 28, surely. Hello again, Major Carter. Work. Now, we've met this alien before. Yeah. Even though he looks totally different. It wasn't his face skinnier in the original episode? Yes. He's played by a different actor, which doesn't help. Oh. This is a Warwick Finn from the episode Forsaken. He was the prison guard of the Cerebrus. Mm-hmm. Severus. Severus. I'm here to offer you full access to the Iron Propulsion Engine on the Severus. Well, that's great. But, sir, this could... I've read your report, Major. I won't debate the value of the technology. But there's more. The general's jealous. The helmet's more polished than his head. <laughs> he has been using the scalp wax. <laughs> Amanda's hair looking better than it has in the previous seven episodes. Yeah, some nice little bounce to it, isn't there? Bouncing things on Amanda, I'm not looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is actually the most casual she's ever been in the show. Uh, no. When the descended, ascended being was in her house, she was reasonably casual. Yeah. This is what she wears when she's not wearing a uniform. This is what Sam really wants to wear all the time. And I have to say, this is one of the shortest days, certainly the shortest days that we've had this season. Well, they've set it up in here. I just need your help to win a race. There we go. Oh, you need to know. Okay, then. Space Race, Season 7, Episode 8. Gatecast, Episode 139. Written by Damien Kindler. Directed by Andy Makita. First heard in the US, August 21st, 2003. We got it November the 17th, and the Aussies November the 20th. The good old Canadians October the 28th, 2004. The episode shares its name with shows Oliver Bean, Poppycat, uh, Rob the Robot, 
Brothers Garcia, very kiddie friendly this lineup is, but also an episode of Archer. Which is not kiddie friendly. Oh, indeed not. I'm not sure it's no. friendly to pretty much anything. Turning on Archer. Well, oh, that'll do. The contract. It is a time-tested method to find the most qualified pilot with the best ship for the job. The race is open to anyone. There are a few rules. The winner's ship must arrive first and intact. That looks really hot. Probably is. In the commentary, which was Andy Makita, Jim Minard and Damien Kindler, they pointed out the different actor and the reason why the character looks different. Well, actually, they made excuses why the character looked different. Yeah. Before, Warwick had been on that alien planet, not being fed regularly. So this is what he looks like normally when he's well-fed, happy. And chubby. Yes, he's filled out a bit. He's shrunk, don't look as tall, but... How can we help? Major. Can't hurt to ask, can it, sir? Put the helmet down, Sam. You <laughs> <laughs> think someone's going to nick it. <laughs> the general wants a sort of, you know, spray-painted black look to his head. <laughs> Salah probably nicking where he seems to be very injury prone in the last few episodes. I was thinking about this episode the other day, and this is actually one of my more favorite episodes of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Not because it's a really cool Stargate episode. There are other episodes I think are better that way. But this episode ties it into regular TV better than I think any of the other ones did. It's because, all format. Well, yeah. It's. I mean, this episode strip out the aliens and references to spaceships, and it could have been in any other TV show, A-Team or anything else, where you have the main characters going in to help a racing team win a, a crucial race. Yeah, but there's no montage. True. But there is guns going off and people don't get hit as much as they should be. A victory would mean a great deal to me. I am not above accepting your offer. With your approval, sir. Major, I expect you to evaluate the risk of this mission on an ongoing basis and act accordingly. As always, sir. This episode does a lot of tying back to other episodes, which I think Stargate in general just kicked all the other TV shows' butts on doing. That's true. You ready? Yeah, just about. Back to the generator. Work has set us up some meetings with the highest-ranking members of the Hebridean government and business community. Colonel O'Neill's really looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Sam coming up the steps with the helmet and the, the motorcycle gear references back to the episode where she's working on the motorcycle in her lab. You've got to assume it's the same bike. They really missed the opportunity to have her riding up to Cheyenne Mountain, though, even if it was a, probably a stunt woman doing it. That would have meant more stock footage at the beginning, though, and they don't have the budget for that. Yeah, surprisingly, this was one of the most expensive episodes of the season. Really? All the CGI in it. Oh. Cost a fortune. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. We take risks in the hopes of achieving new levels of technology. Yes, Amanda. She took off the tank top. And I stress if. Participating in this race happens to be a little bit... I don't know. Fun? What's a girl to do? Nothing. That's that's just what I thought. (laughs) Yes, preaching to Daniel. No, she'll never go fishing, but racing spaceships, that's what she fancies. The Hunger Games studio. I'm Ardell Hadrig, and welcome back to TCNN's exclusive coverage of the 59th Loop of Congarant. Now, with the loop set to begin tomorrow morning, we have a startling new development to report. Perennial also ran Warwick Finn announced today that his co-pilot will be a human from the planet we've come to know as Earth. Major Samantha Carter's participation will mark the first inclusion of an alien in loop history. A band of explorers happened upon him when his ship, the Severus, crashed on an uncharted planet while transporting convicts to the outlying prison colonies. 
Now, all these sequences with the reporters weren't originally in the script. They were added afterwards because the episode ran short. Yes. A slight homage to Robocop news reports. The newscast also really set off this episode from all the other ones. I mean, with mm-hmm. nothing like this in any of the other episodes of the show. No, it's very different. I think this is why you either love it or hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely understand when fans of Stargate not liking this episode because it is so different in tone from everything else. Yeah. He is responsible for making the Severus what it is today. And he is my younger brother. Ah, yes. I see the family resemblance. It's uncanny, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is Amon, played by Patrick Curry, who played Fifth, if you recall. Oh, yeah, the curly-haired boy. Yes. And the character, they said, was a bit David Hyde Pierce from Frasier, the younger brother. Mm. Actually, that is even more so when you think about the character David Hyde Pierce voiced for Hellboy. Yeah. Right. My apologies. I am honored to meet my brother's saviors. And you must be Major Carter, the one without whom we could not win the loop. You know, I feel all warm and fuzzy. How about you? Major Carter. If you are to be my co-pilot, you will need to know how the ship works. What is this? A complete operations manual for the Severus. I had it translated for you. Thank you. That's not our language. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the manual. An alien language? Never. In Stargate. I'm sure somebody's bought that prop. It'd be an awesome prop to have. I have one from Going Postal. Big, massive book with maybe four pages of stuff printed on them. My experience in movie book props, what they do is they print the stuff you see on screen on 11 pages and they just leave the rest of the book, which is normally some obscure engineering text. I was just <laughs> figuring it would be four pages of what they wanted us to see and the rest is all blank. It's, it's easier from a binding perspective to use actual books and just throw the extra pages in. Good point. I do not wish to disappoint, Major Carter. I like that. Tilt staying with Sam. He's not going with the boys. Yes. I know the feeling. Shall we? Stay in touch. <laughs> She's having fun. I am in your debt, Major Carter. Indeed. Oh! <laughs> yeah, perfectly safe. Famous last words. With all your science and engineering, I'm a little surprised you don't have a power source that rivals this. Oh, they exist. We just couldn't afford one. This is the engineering bay, which we have seen before in Forsaken, but... Unlike last time, it's not tilted at an angle. Indeed not. So we're not in danger of exposing a man to stone, more sophisticated. And they're running orange milkshakes through the uh, power lines behind him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're smoothies. <laughs> Since his return, work has been scarce. He thinks this race is his chance to get his life back, Major, and he will do anything to win it. What about you? Me? Well, I work for TechCon. I designed garbage disposal units for the food service division. Yeah, she wasn't very impressed. That probably takes a highly skilled individual. Now, I wonder, the jokes aside about the smoothies and milkshakes, did they have to have the flashy lights there in, in the engine bay or no? Of course you have. It's a spaceship. There's flashy lights in spaceships. TechCon group progressing people working in total harmony. I'm Miles Hagen. President of TechCon Group, I wish to welcome you as an official contestant to the Loop of Congarat. This guy struck me as a villain. Mm-hmm. He looks dodgy. Yeah, he does. And he's also the only one of the aliens with hair. Well, they're different aliens, aren't they? 
There's two species and a bit of interbreeding, so you've got kind of three life forms. Okay, I don't know if they ever said there's interbreeding between the races or not. Didn't they say in the original episode where your man had a human wife? Yeah. I don't yeah. You'll see some of the people who are obviously half-half. That's right. Hmm. A, he looked kind of like a villain, but with the hair, it looks like they're, they're mocking the, the newscasters for the obvious hair pieces hmm. so many of them tend to have. Yes. Looks like he's been paroled. He's not our biggest problem. Lal Montrose, independent cargo runner from the parallel colonies. Her ship is very fast. And worse still. Hmm. Murios. His skill as a pilot is legendary. Can we beat him? You'll get clobbered in the navigation phase. That a long-range scanner control unit. I will get one. Brothers, don't you love them? <laughs> yeah. Racing people, killing things. does look like a Final Fantasy background. That map painting was done by Krista, who normally does all the computer graphics for the show. Sure, it looks like someone from Final Fantasy XIII. <laughs> What's this? Expensive. Hello, Warwick. Who's your friend? Hi. Major Samantha Carter. Ah, one of the Earthlings. I heard about you. We are here to pick up the scanner control unit I ordered. Look, Warwick. Talpin. I'm running a business here, not a charity. Your credit's been over the maximum for months. <laughs> That's a shopkeep for you. It looks like the chains on the table are holding it in place so it doesn't float away. Mm. I just picked up this reconditioned unit this morning. Should work fine. The guy in the back, he's half-breed. Or a mix, whatever you want to call it. Thank you. I promise. I will settle up things after... After you lose... I know him. You don't think he's good for it, do you? He doesn't stand a chance of winning the loop. Jarleth. Still avoiding personal hygiene, I see. Who's your friend, Warwick? She looks nice. Golan Jarleth, captain of the Oran. Very much at your service. Ignore him, Major. Is this a caricature? It is a bit over the top, isn't it? <laughs> Black leather and porn stash must be the bad guy. <laughs> All we need now is the village people in the background. Saw them in concert one. Did you? That's an impressive tash. You're right. He is not worth it. Interesting lighting, though. You normally have a comment about the lighting. He's half in shadow there. Okay, then here's a comment about the lighting. They're actually using brand-new film stock for this episode, which allows the mixture of tungsten lighting and daylight level lighting. Mm. And Before, they had to either use one or the other. We're still a few seasons away from switching to HD video. I'm always surprised when you mentioned the, on these the podcast about how much practical lighting they use for these the shoots, you know, yeah. using the candles and stuff. It's remarkable. It's one of the benefits of having the uh, DP do a lot of the commentaries. You get some of the background information from him. I took stage lighting in college, a course, in, a couple courses in it, and yeah. practical lighting is something on, on the stage you try to avoid, like, the play, because it's just never bright enough. Oh, let's go sabotage the ship, because security oh, is that's great. happy music, not sabotage music. Now, most of these models eventually ended up in the production offices, and eventually mm-hmm. were sold off. Uh, that's remarkably non-oo and I from you, given that it's a space scene. Yeah, well, they're not overly impressive spaceships. Time champion, Coil Boron. Coyle, what's going through the pilots' minds right now? 
Well, Ardell, by the time you're at the starting buoys, there's nothing else to do but run your pre-flight check and hope all your hard work pays off. It's, uh, it's a tense time. Now, do you recognise the guy on the right, Poyo Boron? Kind of. No. That is Peter Kalamis, who played Brody in the Stargate Universe. One of the scientists? Yes. Obviously, under some prosthetics. Mm. As you can see, human air, but Hebridean... Is the race Hebridean, or is that the planet? Yeah, that was the planet. Is that inner or outer Hebridean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the characters of these were based on two TV hockey presenters. Uh-huh. Around Vancouver, I'd imagine. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, the gaming experts agree. You can wager on the outcome of the loop of Congarat at any of TechCon Group's friendly gaming kiosks, conveniently located throughout urban centers near you. TechCon Gaming Kiosks. If you don't play, you definitely won't win. I just saw a tweet on my phone. John Barrowman will be a Dragon Con. <laughs> that looks like a fun seatbelt Sam's wearing. <laughs> Not the most elegant ship. If we win, I'll buy you one. If we win? Prepare for race start. All pilots check in now. Flight control, this is the Severus. Preparing for race start. What do you want, Jarlath? Just to tell you to drop out now and save that worthless junk barge you call a ship from being destroyed. He's bad-mouthing the ship. You have to have smack talk between the racing teams. Yep. Jolan is played by Scott McDonald, been in NCIS LA, Dexter, ER, and Carnival. That's another show I need to sit down and watch, Carnival. Mm. Killed before it's time. Yeah. Two seasons, though. I mean, I started kind of watching it, and then I sort of stopped. I saw most of, I think, the first season at a friend's place. The first stage is a test of each ship's defense capabilities. Against what? Oh, that's never good. <laughs> See, this is what Formula One should be like. <laughs> you like Formula One. I know, but every now and again, do we a bit more excitement? Hey, we're stuck with NASCAR here in the States. There's no excitement there. Oh, I like NASCAR. <laughs> round and round and round and round and round and death and round and round and round and round. Exactly. They only turn left or right, never both. I much prefer Formula One with the, the different tracks. Yeah, but that would confuse the Americans, you know. Left and right turns in the same race. Hey, some of us can handle it. Of course, NASCAR was started as in relation to the prohibition, running alcohol through the, the mountains in the backwoods. Triton, this is work on Severus. Siphon primary power from your regulator and boost your shield strength. I've lost my interchange unit. I... Triton, hold on. We're on our way to assist. It's probably a good job those weapons aren't meant to kill, just to annoy. Yeah. Too late. My engines are fried. I'm out for it. Thanks anyway. Is it going to be okay? The drone ceases firing when a ship has become disabled. This ship is actually all loaded up on with hydraulics to uh, simulate the effects of the bouncing around and everything. So much so, both of the actors had to be strapped into the seats. They were fortunate that uh, you'll notice there aren't many shots of looking through the front screens. That's because all the uh, machinery is in front. The pass-by we just saw of the spaceship looked quite a bit like Serenity, actually, the down-pointing nose and everything. Yeah. Believe me, Major Carter, no matter how much winning may mean to me, I would never intentionally endanger your life. This ship. What now? I thought we were clear. Stage two. We are entering the coronasphere of our sun. It causes intermittent disturbances with the communication and navigation equipment. Eamon has designed shielding specifically for this phase. The garbage man. <laughs> it's reassuring. I'm going to continue this exposition until we're done. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just wrong. You're watching a motor race, and all of a sudden they cut to something pointless, and you're thinking, get back to the cars going on the track. I don't <laughs> want to listen to this guy telling us how this suspension works. <laughs> Who's sponsoring the race? These guys are perfectly terrible in their commentary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Does your ship have what it takes to survive that kind of super intense heat? And if it doesn't? You'd be instantly vaporized. Interesting. In a horrifying sense. If you have a loved one who's close to death, don't delay. Contact TechCon Group Funeral Services today and make your loved one's farewell memorable beyond words. TechCon Group Funeral Services, helping you make peace with death. They had a blast actually filming these, both writing them and filming them. They did it all in one session, and the guys were actually getting crazier and crazier every time they recorded a new one. You got a feeling that actual scene, one of the reasons why Stargate Universe existed. There. Sparky! Beep, 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 beep. That's never good. <laughs> a little red light on the dashboard has come on. The one thing that does annoy me about this episode is the alphabet they keep showing. It seems to be a weird mix of Greek letters and runes from the Norse and just some random shapes thrown in to totally mess it up. Yep. How is this a bad thing? <laughs> I want my fake linguistics to match. Well, perhaps it represents the culture on this planet, you know, two uh, languages being merged as opposed to one superseding the other. Auxiliary power will not engage. We are on emergency storage cells. What are you doing? The blast shields will help to block the radiation. So much for not risking your life. Yeah, because coming out of the seatbelt's always a good thing. Oh. Oh, that's not good. No. There's no love lost here. You don't pull over and help your fellow man here, do you? He offered to. Power diverter overloaded. This shouldn't have happened. Yes, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. Mm-hmm. We know the engine's broken because it needs to be windexed. <laughs> We're here. Can you hear us? Are you all right? The power diverter overloaded. It's so much easier if you had a communicator on your wrist or on your lapel instead of having to run to the one on the wall, like TOS. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell with all the damage. But if someone cut the connection to the regulation system... Wait, wait, wait. Somebody did this on purpose? They would need detailed knowledge of the ship's systems. I think they knew exactly where to hit us and how to cover their tracks. Eamon, what can we do? We're being pulled towards the sun. Nice NEC monitors there. Mm. They actually bought two 30-inch LCD televisions for this episode. At the time, they would have been quite expensive. (laughs) What percentage is the budget went on that? And where did the LCD TVs end up afterward? Brad Wright's room, possibly? I could use a 30-inch LCD for my desk here. Yes, we've come on a long way, haven't we? <laughs> How big a television? 30-inch? You've got to be kidding me. No, I want it for my computer monitor. Actually, my computer monitor is only a couple inches smaller than that. My computer monitor is a 23-inch widescreen. I think mine's 27-inch widescreen. It's a good-sized one. I am not getting rid of this 19-inch until it blows up. <laughs> Don't sound so happy about it, mate. Death and destruction. Tune in next week for more. Looks like they ran into a little trouble during stage two. That's right, Ardell. Latest telemetry updates place them dangerously close to the sun. Now, Warwick must be disappointed to be facing certain defeat and death so early in the race. You got that right, Ardell. This is the moment where every pilot has to dig deep in that reservoir of desire and fortitude if they want to win. It's all about how badly you want it. Well, it sounds like maybe they could use a couple of bottles of Radon Shield 55, new from TechCon Cosmetics. <laughs> it's also reminiscent of the newscast during the original Death Race movie from the 70s. The Stallone one. Yeah, and Keith Carradine. Yeah. 
and a very cute naked woman who I believe is 19. As long as the cute and naked part are valid, age part doesn't matter too much. As long as it's legal. You get the feeling you've got to be tilting your head to watch this a bit. Yeah. Someone must have snuck in here. Got into the ship. Who would know the ship well enough? No one. The Cerberus is a common model, but I customize it significantly. Unless someone accessed the schematics on my computer at TechCon. The artistic type, Mr. McEater. <laughs> I'm done. Me too. There we are. So easy to fix stuff in Stargate. Let's hope this works. If it doesn't, we fall into the sun and burn up. Or worse. Or worse. Or worse. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be rescued and they'll laugh at us. The humiliation. Here it goes. Ta-da! It was only a few. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Yes, they don't have many issues with the gravitational pull of a star, do they? No, they, they hover there pretty well. That's a small keyboard. <laughs> Hands the size of heels. I keep expecting those two blobs on the side of the aliens' heads to, like, breathe with them. Like a yeah, they look like membranes. Yeah, membranes, yeah. Hang on, uh, did you say breathe or breed? Breathe. <laughs> it's not that sort of podcast, Alan. I know, despite my best efforts. They won't let you in without clearance. You'll need a hat. Three more ships have pulled out of the race. We've fallen pretty far behind the others. If you wish, we can drop out now and avoid any further risk. Oh, look, some BSG screens. Yeah. Cut the corners off. Very futuristic. Yeah, Stargate never cuts the corners. Never. Look at this. They must have had RDA for two days of shooting to have him in, in the show this much. How long did they have Michael for? <laughs> <laughs> Not much longer. To be fair, Richard actually was in three scenes, but one got cut out, so we only see him. What was it four? Three or four anyway. One of them got cut out. Can't stop to talk. <laughs> Can't stop talk. Almost dead. Really? Yes. So, no need to take any chances up there. I made a deal, sir. I'm going to stick with it. Oh, having fun, are we, Carter? And hasn't this zipped along nicely? Yeah, it has. But about two-thirds of the way through the episode now. Uh, um, gotta go. We're pretty far behind at this point. All right. Be careful. We will. Thank you. You're welcome. We won't be two-thirds of the way through the episode for another three and a half minutes. Uh, Alan, picky as ever. Okay. If we use the gravity of the sun to slingshot us around back onto the course, we should be able to pick up enough speed to get back into the race. Brilliant. Look at this slingshot manoeuvre. Oh, some more of the smoothies. Hang on, what the hell's the train running on? That's well, magnetic levitation for you. And here's another one of the really good callbacks to previous episodes. Yes. Hi, Iman. Hello. This is my cousin, Murray. Murray! Hey, Murray. <laughs> the receptionist is Hilary Cooper. The wife of Rob Cooper. Receptionist is irritatingly perky. She's a receptionist. She has to be irritatingly perky. Yes. Sorry, your brother isn't doing very well. Oh, me too. Nice to meet you, Murray. She only actually worked on two shows in her career. I think that was another fine example of how nothing hydraulic actually moves smoothly on this show. (laughs) (laughs) A gate opening was terrible. Does he not keep his office secure? The company philosophy encourages mutual trust. Besides, no one is going to steal his plants. Everything of value is in here, and the system is protected by a secret passcode. 
Fortunately, I put a program on my system that records an intruder's passcode if someone attempts to access my personal files. Then it is good you do not subscribe to the company philosophy. It's supposed to be high tech, and I uh, got a cheap plywood door. That, I'm sorry, that's prisoner cell block H-level technology. Well, whoever owns this office is a little bit retro. I'd go for an office to look like that. You just like the cool spaceship model in the corner. Well, that's true, too. Last time I had actually had an office, I had Cthulhu dolls on my desk. I have a fluffy penguin on my PC. When I had the office, I was running group homes for developmentally disabled adults. And oddly, none of the residents, when they'd come visit me in the office, were disturbed by all the monster action figures all over my desk. But the coworkers, they were all kind of disturbed by it. <laughs> I think my niece nicked one of my favorite t-shirts. It says, do not disturb, already disturbed. In fact, she nicked two of them. The other one says, you're just jealous because the little voices are talking to me. To whom does that ship belong? Urios. Tanya has set him up to win. We have to warn Warwick. It's fortunate this coach has a very open policy to state secrets. Yeah. Or corporate secrets. Oh, bad guy, everybody. Yes, bad guy. Del Tynan, played by Alan Lassell. He's been in the Guard, Psych and Cold Squad. Of course he's a bad guy. He's got a goatee. <laughs> yeah, that the beard screams bad guy. He has minions, of course. Jarlath, do you read? Warwick! We are closing on your position. What is your status? My status is mind your own business. Okay, screw you. Bye. Grr. Some people just don't want to be saved. <laughs> I've been there. I'm a, I'm a fire warden. And I stuck my head into an office and said, the fire alarm's going off, you need to leave. And this person's like, oh, I just need to save this document. And I said, please leave now. And she goes, oh, just five minutes. And I said, okay, fine, screw you, born, bye. You're she left at that me. point. We only have to ask twice. And it's like, yeah, fine. The official regulations say you're not supposed to risk your own life to save somebody else. <laughs> and Jeff's like, oh, thank Christ, I don't walk in the office with Alan. <laughs> I teach teenagers, so it's not much better. With a flamethrower? <laughs> I would rather die kissing space debris than board that barge you call a ship. He does not want to be rescued. Jarlath, hold on. We'll be there soon. A roar so loud it can be heard in the vacuum of space. Yes. Oh, downshifting. Palpable docking mechanisms? First time. All we need now is Segal to go into that tube and get blown out into space. Reference lost on everybody? Yeah. Coming up there. We tried. Come on! And he's like, yeah, well, if you bend over and I get a quick look down the top of your blouse, maybe it'll come up. Yes, I'm allowing you to rescue me. Then <laughs> you own my life, whatever you want. You know what they say about guys with moustaches, darling. Yeah, they tickled. No, I know you're going to cut that comment too. Yes, I will be cutting that ass. <laughs> I'm looking forward to her horrible sci-fi movie coming out later this year, early next year. Space milkshake. Yes. <laughs> does her milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? I'm sure it does. Oh, come on, tell me that didn't occur to you. The first time I saw the trailer of that film, it reminded me of the space herpy scenes from Ice Pirates. How could I not? Told you we should have left him to die. Tilt, do you read? Tilt, you still have tech con? I'm not sure I like his suit. It looks a bit, a bit 60s. It's a waistcoat. Is it? It's got serious shoulders. Huge pads. collars. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a pink shirt, it's a salmon shirt. <laughs> With a the sweater? There's something your new friend here doesn't want you to know. 
The Sarakin are not to be trusted. The Sarakin freed your ancestors from the Goa'uld. For what purpose? Sharing technology? Living in harmony? All lies. The Sarakin are seizing control of our world piece by piece. Taking power and opportunity away from pure blood humans. Oh, listen to this. Pure bloods? A simple racist. Is this the best they can do for the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Well, technically, he's not racist. He's speciesist. True, yes. He's a xenophobe. It takes a certain sort of character, though, to face the fact that your whole species was saved by the arrival of these aliens. Mm-hmm. And hand in hand, you've risen your culture to new heights of technology and sophistication, yet still feel like you've been oppressed. Yeah, but yeah. You, said, you still got the equivalent of a Sheffield fan. Yeah. The winner of the loop of Congarat will be a pure-blooded human. And that is merely the first step. You're just mad because you've been passed over for advancement three times. What's with the little collar on? Hey, lovely. <laughs> He's losing it already. <laughs> I'm going to throw a dent, damn Dentrum, tantrum. Were you you going to say dent and tantrum? And you? I'm not sure what I was going to say. I'm doing this to save my kind from the likes of you. <laughs> you upset him. Nah. <laughs> I guess not. Welcome back to TCNN's continuing exclusive coverage of the Loop of Congarat. These scenes were shot and filmed with the uh, video effect done in post. Mm-hmm. You know what this actually reminds me of? It was one of the earliest, the cheesy style, it was one of the earliest CD-ROM games with full motion video, and it was a race game. It was on the PC, yeah. and it had the annoying cheesy announcer in it. It's, I suppose they're of a style. That's it. Techcon. <laughs> they're basically running this whole planet. Yeah. Techcon, the Microsoft of the space race. Yes, perhaps. IM Pro is guaranteed to improve drive performance no matter what class ship you fly. Whether you're competing in the loop of Congarat or just taking the kids to school, use IM Pro in your power source. IM Pro from Techcon Propulsion Systems, your system wide experts in ion drive technology. I'm sorry, I can't let you inside the complex without clearance. Oh, she's back. Come on, Jack. Woo woo. Because Daniel ain't going to work. <laughs> okay, one of them is named Eamon. Eamon. And his cousin Murray? Murray! Yes, that's them. Yes, they're here. Yeah, and can we come inside now? No. <laughs> Hurry. Jack, yes, Murray. Murray. <laughs> Here's what I'd like you to do pick up that phone, call Mr. Whoever Runs This Place. Hagen. Hagen. I'm sorry, but I. Just We're old friends. <laughs> no. Tell him Mr. Man Who Has the Stargate is here to see him. He'll understand. Charm at 100%. Yeah. Go ahead. Buttons, phone. Go ahead. Buttons. Play your cards right here, Jack. You've got a date. <laughs> of course, the whole reason of that was that you were trying to get a rise out of the boss's wife. <laughs> Time and respond. What is it, Murius? It's the Severus. Warwick is still in the race. He's gaining on my position. With that hairstyle, he's got to be a bad guy and lose, surely. Yeah. Ooh, asteroids. Isoroids. They look wrong. You know, you're kind of thinking, maybe I shouldn't have the sticky-outy wings bit. Good job they've got inertial dampers, or that guy would have been serious jam at the moment. <laughs> it's not even your ship. Stop worrying about it. <laughs> you didn't want to be saved. At least he was safe where he was. Yeah, I don't think I've ever noticed it before, but that really does look like salt or something under an electron microscope. 
It looks drawn. You're just gonna get us killed! Keyboard looks like you could kill someone with it. Mm. <laughs> well, he is. <laughs> this ain't playing fair. Sure, it here could snap on season. Oh, yeah, but there's two guys with guns behind him. Feels good, but he's not that good. The opportunity to find out. would be disabled, that I was guaranteed to win. You will win, Murius. Just focus on what you have to do. I'll take care of the Severus. This is Tynan calling the Severus. I know you can hear me. What do you want, Tynan? I only intended to disable your ship, but your stubbornness has forced my hand. I have your brother and one of the visitors from Earth. So drop out of the race. Now. I'd like the uh, control yoke a bit close to my body. Your arms would be aching, wouldn't they? Yeah. Seriously. In Firefly, when you could see Wash's hand holding the yoke, but he's actually about a foot away from it. <laughs> well, he just got his mojo back a couple weeks ago. He's good to go. <laughs> Jack's asleep. <laughs> see, it still doesn't open smoothly. Yes. Why is that guy carrying a, what appears to be a peacock? It's a gun. That's not a gun. It's an ornamental lawn ornament. I thought it looked more like a bazooka. It's a similar style to the weapon they used in Forsaken, isn't it? I think at the time we mentioned that the guns looked a bit plasticky. Well, you got to know the guy. Oh, oh they're no. not playing fair. They're trying to win. Boo-hoo-hoo. Yes, humans, aliens. Oh. We were gaining on them. We had a chance. You're going to let a little thing like your brother's life stop you from winning the race? Shut up. He's got a Nehru jacket. Mm. Well, he's an alien, you know, it's a different fashion style. It's very simple. You can spot the species just by, by their bad fashion sense. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that say about uh, SG-1, then? <laughs> yes, I know. You were supposed to take care of her. I thought I did. She must have overcome the problem. Lose her. I'm trying. Try harder. Do whatever you have to. Get rid of them. Take them away. Uh, Hagen. Miles Hagen, played by Terence Kelly. Also appeared in Edo of Stargate Atlantis. Mm. Mr. Hick, everything's safe. You can win the race now. Sivan, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realise. I At this point, I could cheerfully drop in an Ivan calling joke. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't have subtitles. <laughs> How many times have I told you, don't get caught by the bad guys? How could you do this, Dell? He claims he was protecting his people from Serakian conspiracy to enslave the humans of this world. I did what I had to. Your kind are a disease. The only disease here is greed. If he was protecting anything, it's a deal he made with Murios. This ship must be really fast because it keeps stopping and catching up, stopping and catching up. Yeah. It's like the Star Wars pod race. How the hell did Anakin catch up but not end up lapping everybody else because it was that bloody fast? I intend to file a protest with the Employment Council. Employment is the least of your worries right now, Dell. Lorik. Major Carter. Demon, are you there? Ivan, are you all right? Teal'c and I are both safe. Now get back in the race and win. If you can. This ship must be really fast because it keeps stopping and catching up, stopping and catching up. Yeah. It's like the Star Wars pod race. How the hell did Anakin catch up but not end up lapping everybody else because it was that bloody fast? I'm surprised Sam didn't do a bad Scottish accent at this point of being told to give her the everything they got. Yeah, so we've had an American and an Englishman playing Scotty. Good. He 
cheated. I can't believe they'll still let him take first prize. Unless we can keep Eros from crossing the finish line first. How can we do that? Oh, that's easy. I knew there were a reason to pick that guy up. Sam and Warwick may not cheat, but uh, he has no uh, compulsion about it. He's playing with the fiber optics. The mustache makes him evil. It gives him evil thoughts. That's why he can cheat. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing? Routing the conduit from your fancy power device. Doubling it back through the communications array. Why? So we can ask him to lose? Humorous. More like tell him. This will allow us to send a blast transmission. If my aim is correct, it'll temporarily freeze the command controls on Mirius's ship. You are even crazier than I thought. Never was much of a pilot. But weapons, it's an art. I was him just shoved him back under the console. Yep, he didn't even hook any minute. Plug him into something. <laughs> I don't know, he's kind of channeling Jane there. Yes, he is, isn't he? Yeah. He made the fatal mistake of making eyes at Sam. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to take out Lael's ship. I don't think so. Yeah, you need to know how a starship works. <laughs> he sent the command codes to lower the shields. That's how Kirk beat Khan. Exactly. Now the technique. Yes. Didn't Kirk blow up his own ship? Threatened to. Did it three or four times. Yes. When we finally get rid of Kirk, uh, you know, never let the robot drive. He'll crash the ship into the nearest planet. <laughs> Lael Montrose has won the loop of Conqueret. What happened to Mirios? It was his race to lose, and he lost it. It looks like some kind of beam weapon caused the ship's power to fail. Opening the door for Lael Montrose to take it all. You have got to love that there are no rules in this race. It's what makes this competition so special, Arnold. <laughs> I must say, in all my years, I haven't seen anything like it. Well, you must be particularly surprised since you picked Mirios to win. Oh, that's it. Rub it in. <laughs> in the best tradition of pundit and host. We pay you for your expertise and you got it all wrong. <laughs> Don't you feel like crap now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to see a sci-fi show doing Eamon Duffy. We'll be right back with post-race interviews after a word from our sponsor, Corso's Temporal Eatery, where your whole family can eat what they want, when they want. More adverts? Oh, God, what's up with these people? Sorry, we did not win. It was still worth it. You know, I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> try and throw in a genuine advert. Couched as alien technology. The temporal eatery actually sounded like a bit uh, nod to restaurant at the end of the universe. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ah, stock footage. How we've missed you. We're waiting for that little yellow battery-powered thing to come out. <laughs> no, that's the thing Sam only uses when she's alone. <sighs> you leave me these opportunities. <laughs> Mike, what do you expect me to do? How can we make the meet in the hallway? Oh, we'll put one just chatting away on the phone. Yes, there's a phone just there for no apparent reason. Yeah, he sounded really happy. You don't? Fine. You still got that eye on drive to study? I know, very cool. You're just sore that you lost. Well, come on, it wasn't fair. Bunch of cheaters. So what you gonna do? Next year, I'm gonna kick butt. <laughs> you, you got the feeling Sam, a.k.a. Amanda, had a good time on this episode. Well, it was a, it was a Sam-centric episode where she didn't lose a lover. True, yes. She lost a race, but... And she didn't have truly awful hair. And that was Space Race. Do, 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 do. Are we humming the theme tune? <laughs> we were, yes. <laughs> uh... A standalone episode which draws from uh, previous episodes, namely Forsaken, and 
They did say at the time, well, I actually said at the time that we'd be going back to it. It was actually Rob Cooper's idea. He wanted to bring Warwick back again. That's why uh, Damon Kindler got the uh, story writing. It's a shame he didn't actually bring Warwick back, though. Yes. Warwick, but not Warwick. Yeah, Warwick was played by Alex Zahara, who we've seen many a time in the franchise. He does a lot of prosthetic work, but also in the episode 1969, he was the hippie. Oh, okay. Last time, Warwick was played by Dion Johnson, who, once again, he played Shaka. Again, he was doing his Shakespeare play for this and last week's episode, so he wasn't available. I suppose when you commit to doing stage work, it could be two, three months or six months run. Yeah. Uh, it could be two or three weeks, depending on the reviews. Yes, it could be. <laughs> Although there's many interpretations of Shakespeare. True. I quite liked the Baz Luhrmann one. I did one in high school where the rustics in Midsummer Night's Dream wore combat boots and we had mohawks, so. <laughs> 80s? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for admitting you're of our generation then, Jeff. Graduated high school in 89. <laughs> oh, semi did. Come try ya! Okay then, next week. Next week? We have Avenger 2.0. I don't recall Avenger 1.0, but numbers never really stop this franchise from throwing grand digits after an episode. You know what? Rather than do an overblown and unduly performance-related reading of The Priestess, I'm going to paste it into the Skype chat window and let Jeff do it. Actually, I have my DVDs here, so I can just read it from my DVD. Dr. Felger creates a computer virus meant to disable gold controlled worlds. When the program malfunctions and spreads throughout the Stargate network, O'Neill, Teal, and Daniel are trapped off-world with danger looming around the corner. It's up to Carter and bumbling Dr. Felger to in- incapacitate the virus before the rest of SG-1 meets their doom. There you go. Not There's over dramatic. Ours is completely different. Really? Oh, and let me yes. read what you wrote then. <laughs> <laughs> With Daniel coordinating a risky relocation project on a planet rocked by seismic tremors, while Jack and Teal attempt to make peace among warring Jaffa factions, Carter and Dr. Felger work on a virus that will scramble the established settings of a DHD, rendering a specific gate useless. It seems a brilliant plan until Ball proves himself to be the better hacker. I prefer our version. <laughs> they are very, very different, but they say the same crap. <laughs> 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 You've killed him. Here is Thorne in Alan's line on the floor. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Um, the hosting renewed three days ago. So you're good for it. <laughs> I'm sure you have enough samples of my voice to put together <laughs> a version. You probably have all the basic phonomes. So I was just wondering about how that would sound with the Irish accent. Well, you're in Minnesota. Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> or if I were to say it like the natives do here, it's Wisconsin, with a very harsh vowel sound in the middle. Yeah, that sounds more like a New Jersey accent. I've watched a lot of Rescue Me recently. Our accent isn't anything like that, I promise. It's just lots of ah sounds, and the UN sounds like, uh, for unacceptable. Native Wisconsinites will say unacceptable. Just throws me for a loop. Programming teacher was explaining us how to unload or some other command in basic, and it kept on saying, on load. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Spend my time playing Taipan on the Apple IIEs. Wow, I remember that. You didn't play Mario? Mario ran on everything. The only game we had at the high school that seemed to be existing somewhere that kept on getting passed around from disc to disc was Taipan. We spent hours upon hours playing that when we should have been writing our programs. I played it on the Spectrum 1 to 8. I even got the occasional C battle where I had no clue what to do because it was a copy and I didn't have the instructions. <laughs> if you have an Apple device, Jeff, I was reading in Retro Gamer, Midway have brought out 100 uh, arcade classics. 
And you get the first one for free, but if you pay, I think, about $10, you get the other 99 No, I'm on PC. The only Apple product I have is my iPod Touch or whatever it is. Yes, it wants you to touch it. I always refer to it as the iPod nipple clamp with the little clamp on the back. But I was told that was offensive, so I can't say that anymore. In this company? <laughs> Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Time for the feedback and birthday segment. Birthdays for the following week include, on the 8th, the great and always mildly disturbing Robert Nepper, who guest starred on Stargate Universe as Simeon. He also played the wonderfully warped Teabag in Prison Break, as well as significant roles in Heroes, Thieves and Carnival. On the 10th of July, Winston Rickard, who played Kordash in the season 2 double feature The Tokra, celebrates his birthday. He's also appeared in Battlestar and Caprica. The 12th of July brings us the birthday of Mel Harris, the always mesmerising Oma Sala, who played such a small but pivotal role in the Stargate mythology. She's probably best known for her role in 30-something. That's the birthdays for this week. There may be more, but I'm slowly putting a more complete list together as the year passes by. So next year, the list should be far more accurate. We have some feedback this week. Not a lot, but considering the issues with our iTunes feed, then there may be a good chunk of our listeners who have been sans gatecast for over a month. You see, I'm being optimistic. Michael Clark, who follows the gatecast via Twitter, tweeted, Hi, another good podcast. Good review of Enemy Mine. An average episode with not much going on. I tweeted back, Cheers, Michael. It was maybe an Unas too far. He replied, lol, seems so odd with Jack only in a few scenes and Carter in one. Thanks for reading out my tweet, by the way. Live long and prosper. Michael is referring to his tweet during our recording of the show. Great time to get a mention, folks. We normally record on Tuesdays from 5pm UK time onwards. Up near the top of my page, it has the happy birthday you posted, followed by episode 138. Crikey. I see the birthday for Sol. Yeah, Sol, Rubinette, yeah. Yes. I looked and I went, oh, Artie. <laughs> That's where my brain goes and means you go, it's where 13. Which I'm still waiting for sci-fi to start showing again. Anyway, feedback. We have feedback on Enemy Mine. I can be Jeff and you can be you. Do I have to be me? <laughs> Would you rather I was you? No. <laughs> right, on Enemy Mine, Jeff Wolsey says... This is a good story, also quite an interesting conclusion to Shaka's character arc, a conclusion that I would have never expected when first introduced. Uh, I replied, yeah, of all the characters, who would have thought Anunas would have been recurring and played by more than one actor? Thomas Schott said, was that some MST3K style commentary I heard in the intro? Seriously, Thomas, that's all we do. <laughs> have you not noticed <laughs> after 138 episodes at this point? Well... I'm not criticising Alan, and I can understand why you don't listen to the podcast you know, after it's released. I did actually put something in which was more MST3K. When the lieutenant is walking through the wood you know, with his big machine gun, and it's all quiet, I didn't have any audio for it. <laughs> just him walking through the wood, I thought, I've got to do something. So I just started mumbling, you know, thinking, something's got to happen soon, I'm bored, I'm bored, like this. <laughs> to which Thomas replied, yes, that was exact thought. Yeah, because it was just something to fill the time, and I think it worked quite nicely. Okay, we also have birthdays. Sol Rubinek, Alan Rook. A couple of likes. There were some pictures that got some responses, but as we said before, the best place to look at them is our Facebook page itself for the Gatecast. And there's some explanation from Mike as to the fact that iTunes appear to have vanished our podcast. Yep. And I even booted into one of my few XP machines and installed iTunes so I could check. <laughs> this one, actually, on not on Linux, the other boot option. You can still manually add the RSS to iTunes and it works fine. 
that oh, you just can't find us from uh, inside their own store. Tosh, tosh. Maybe we'll magically reappear. Maybe we will. In current affairs, a big hi to Kevin Smith, who listens to the show and contributes via the Gatecast Facebook group. He's currently in London at the convention, and he met Chris Judge yesterday. Today, on the 7th, he should be pressing the flesh with Ben Browder and Jewel State. Have a great time, Kevin. On the awards front, many congratulations to all those involved with Stargate Universe, which picked up five prizes at the 6th Annual Constellation Awards, which is a public-voted endeavour, and took place at the Polaris 26 Sci-Fi Convention in Toronto. That's all the feedback, news and birthdays for this week. If you want to get in touch, this is how you can do it. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com. Links to episodes not found on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus pages are listed under The Gatecast, and our Twitter ident is The Gatecast, which is one word. Finally, the old tried and trusted email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. It is still the best and most reliable way of getting in touch with us. And if you're feeling adventurous, why not record us a little MP3 so we can play it on the show? It makes life so much easier when we know how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us any comments or feedback you have on the show, or any aspect of the fandom. Retweets, plus ones, URLs, pictures, sound files, anything like that is more than welcome. We'll always do our best to put any feedback into the show itself. One world, one universe, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. That was Space Race. Thanks for joining us. Big thank you to our guest, Jeff. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Yes, that was fun. And thanks again to Jeff. And it was. I was looking forward to that episode and I enjoyed it. It seemed to triple on quite nicely. Join us next week for Avenger 2.0. Take care and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. 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 You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com. <laughs>